have lived in the goodness of God. And uh, I don't know who I stole this off of. I heard someone say a while back, um, you know, I, I got off work and uh, I took a shower before I came here this, uh, this evening. And uh, I took a shower in drinking water. Amen. What we take for granted in our country, I took a shower in something that there are people that will uh, hike miles and hours to just get a little bowl of and come back. Brother Fountain, I've lived in the goodness of God. If y'all would, turn with me to Psalm 73, and uh, I will give you what the Lord has uh, uh, burdened my heart with uh, this evening. So I want to try my best to uh, be an encouragement and uh, let, let the Lord uh, Lord speak to hearts this evening. And I uh, want to go just as long, just as short as the Lord would have us to go to. Uh, <clears throat> but we'll see here in Psalm 73. Um, I will take uh, my text verse out of the first verse here. And uh, then we will we'll jump into the message. Uh, psalm 73 starts out here, a psalm of Asaph. Uh, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm asking that you'd be with us this evening. God, we thank you, Lord, for the honor and the privilege, Lord, that, to be able to stand here at Cazadel Baptist Temple. God, we thank you, Lord, for the trust from Pastor Burke. Thank you, Lord, for the people here, God. They mean the world to us. God, we thank you, Lord, for their, their fellowship and their love. And Lord, I'm asking you, God, I can be an encouragement. Lord, please bless the opening and the reading of your word. Speak to us tonight. In Jesus' precious name we ask. Amen. So I jump right into it. I'll have uh, uh, five points to the, the, the message tonight. We will probably encompass uh, most of, uh, if not all, of Psalm 73. And uh, this was not what I, what I was expecting to preach tonight. Uh, I had uh, things that I felt that the Lord was leading me to and studied and, and the Lord would not give me peace. And uh, so I, I will uh, I get nervous when he does that. I don't like it when he switches my message up on me. Uh, but you know what? I believe it's for a reason. Brother Wilder, we're going to do our best to be an encouragement. And uh, you know what? It starts out, truly God is good. Now it says here to Israel, and even to such as are of a clean heart. I'm glad that may not every line in this Bible may not have been written to me, but every line in this Bible was written for me. So just as Israel can say that truly God is good, we can say here in 2023 this evening, I can say of a confidence that God is good. As we'll get into the, the psalm and just jump right uh, straight to it, uh, we will see that verse 2 drastically changes this theme from the first verse. As I told you, we will break this psalm into five easy portions to swallow, and the first part is real easy, is that God is good, even to such that are of a clean heart. Hey, the only uh, reason that I can stand here with a clean heart uh, this evening is because God is good. Nothing that I've done, the Bible tells us that the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Hey, but thank God that he loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. Why, Brother Wilder? So I can take this heart of stone and have it be removed and have this heart of flesh placed in and I could become a child of God and say that he's good. So the second part that goes real fast after that first one and the second part is God is good, but we're going to talk here just for a few minutes and if the Lord will allow me uh, to, to preach to hearts tonight, hey, what do we say when we don't feel 
feel that God is good. I know that I'm here tonight. I took my suit jacket off and I set it over here and I, I got my tie all nice up here. And I will tell you one thing. I've been in church the majority of my life. I can say I was raised in a Christian home. I, I didn't spend too much time from getting out of the hospital to heading straight hey, to the church house. But Brother Fountain, with that, hey, I learned a few tricks along the way. I'm telling you, if you're raised in church, and I've said before that I, I had a drug problem growing up and that was I was drugged to church every time that the doors was open and with that I'm uh, telling you brother Josh tonight we know when to raise our hand on amazing grace we know hey when to shout at the preaching points during the preaching time hey we know exactly what to wear we know how to put the tie on just right and make sure that hey for the ladies in here that the skirt is just the, the right length down there but I'm telling you there's going to be times in your life that you may not feel that God is good there may be times and battles that you will find yourself in. My pastor, when I was where I was youth pastor at, uh, Brother Faulkner, he used to always end every message hey, as he would close in prayer and he would say, if you find yourself in a place that you did not think that you would be this week, call me. There were a couple times, Sister Burke, that I had to call my pastor where I had ran into something that week that I needed his prayer for, whether it be a sickness or whether it be a struggle or whether it be a death in the family, but there are times when we will come to stages in our life where we may not feel that God is good. But I like to point out that it says in the heading for Psalm 73 that this is a psalm of Asaph. Asaph was one of three of the worship leaders that are mentioned that led the worship inside of the temple as David uh, uh, is, is uh, commonly referred to as the sweet psalmist of Israel. There were also other men uh, that, that uh, were allowed to write psalms and kept and recorded inside of here. Here's one of them. So as we go ahead to read these next few verses from 2 down to 14, I will remind you that this was a worship leader in the house of God. This was a worship leader, but Josh, this was a man who was helping to lead the worship and praise to God. He knew that God was good. But we'll read here from 2 to 14, and we see here, he says, But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, for there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men. Neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness and they have no more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore his people return hither and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, how did God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase 
and riches. Now before we read the last two, we'll see and go over what we just read here, is he has looked outside of his front door and he has noticed that the wicked upon the earth are prospering. I'm glad to tell you right now that God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know that we're living in a time where they tell us that God's word is outdated and it was just made for ancient times that no longer exist, but I'm telling you just through the authority of the word of God, I don't have to make many connections for us to realize that he just described the United States of America in 2023. I know we've got a, a prayer request and missionaries that we prayed for and a prayer that, that Brother Sean gets back here and God uses him and his family and we have a, a different uh, ministers and people who have uh, given their life to serve the Lord and sometimes hey, whether we admit it uh, to ourselves or not, we wonder if it's been done in vain. I'm wondering if we will be real just for a second. Hey, just I'm not talking about diving into the depths of foolishness, hey, but if we're honest with ourselves, hey, the adversary and our flesh are good at their jobs and they're good to discourage us, Brother Josh. They, hey, the adversary wants to tell us that we're in a losing battle. Sometimes storms will come up in our life. Sometimes as Asaph, whose job was to lead the worship of the Lord inside of the tabernacle, his, his job was to help encourage others to worship a God. But I'm wondering what happens when Asaph hey, doesn't feel that God is good. I'm wondering if we're honest with ourselves hey, just for a little bit. If we go ahead and read David's Psalms throughout this entire book of Psalms, we understand that David was pretty real and raw in his writings. When we see the pattern of David, a lot of times David will start out his Psalm hey, from a place of panic. He's Something has happened. There's an enemy that's rose up against him either from his house or from his own countrymen hey, or from outside of Israel and David is in a spot of panic. And as we read uh, uh, through his writings and his writing style, in the middle of David's panic, he will always look for the Lord. As soon as David finds the Lord inside of his problem, then he has peace and he comes back to a realization that God's worthy to be praised. I believe as we read this here, we can find ourselves at certain spots in our life where maybe we're still here. We're still teaching our Sunday school class or we're still standing up here. Brother Tyler leading the song and does a wonderful job, but I'm wondering if sometimes if we're honest with ourselves, we look around and we say, I don't understand. I'm wondering if we say, I've served the Lord faithfully. I've, I've been on the firing line and all I've ever seen is the bills stack up and all I've ever watched is the guy across the street his truck gets bigger and bigger and his wife's car gets faster and faster but mine keeps breaking down. But I believe that there is something uh, uh, that is said to be coming real hey, with how we speak to God. I'll tell you as I said growing up in church hey, I know how to put the show on and put the face on and I know everybody here who's got young kids hey, you know what it's like to scream and yell to get them out of the house and you get them in the car but as soon as you get to the parking lot hey you open up the door and I don't know how Brother Burke was with his kids and maybe you all just pray for mine hey but you tell them now everybody shut up hey everybody get a smile on your face and get in here and shake hands hey bless the Lord maybe I'm just the only one but maybe I'm not hey but sometimes we've got to get real with ourselves and understand sometimes 
wife hits us in the face. And Asaph comes down in verse uh, uh, four, uh, 13 and 14 and he says, Verily, I've cleansed my heart in vain. I'm wondering if the Lord is looking to speak to someone tonight and maybe get through that outer shell of protection hey, that we put up and maybe someone has struggled with that thought, that thought and said, wait a second, I've given my entire life to serving the Lord. Hey, Brother Elam, maybe I made a mistake. Maybe as we go ahead and some of us have given up jobs and careers for the ministry, hey, I believe there's something to be said to burning that bridge once you get across it. I thought the Lord was going to allow me to, hey, to, to, to preach on uh, Elisha tonight hey, and how he went ahead and he just uh, had him a steak dinner hey, and burnt that plow before he followed the man of God but there's something to that because hey, we will try to talk ourselves into doubting what the Lord has called us to do. Asaph as he's leading the worship uh, and the praise in the house of God says verily I've cleansed my heart in vain and I washed my hands in innocency for all all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. I'm wondering if he looked around and we summed that up as he saw that they were proud, blasphemers, sinfully arrogant, willing to sin and still prospering. They were bragging about their sin. We're living in a time today where that's exactly what goes on. And when the Old Testament prophet said that Israel is sinning and they don't even blush at their sins. Hey, in 2023 scroll Facebook for more than 25 seconds and all you going to see is that sin has been elevated and put to a spot hey, to where our young people are been, been told to chase after this ungodliness. Hey, but I want to encourage someone in the house of God tonight hey, that we're in the right place. Even though the world would chase after this lifestyle, I'm glad that there's something to be said hey, to being in the house of God. He says here that as the world is looking around and prospering in verses 15 through 17, Asaph comes to a realization. If you're in that spot, and uh, praise the Lord, maybe maybe we've got young Christians hey, who don't know what it's like to really get in to a doubting stage, and I hope you never get to those dark spots, but I'll be honest with you, I've been there. I've told my church time and again, and uh, as I've preached on this before at our church, hey, I'll use the example of my mom. It wasn't just two Christmases ago hey, that my mom passed away to COVID. Uh, she was on a ventilator. She had spent uh, several weeks on there. And at the same time that she was there, I had COVID. My dad had COVID. My sister was uh, nine months pregnant. She had it. I had two other people in our church that were in the hospital on ventilators. And the way it was looking was there was a man that had uh, come to our church and then became homeless. And I love Bob to death, but he's rougher in a cob and rough around the edges. And you know what? He was in, in a bad spot. And I thought, Lord, I said, said it looks like we're going to lose Bob and then we're going, to, we're going to lose mom and I'm going to have to just go on an alley and just preach three or four hey, uh, funerals in a row and then all of a sudden I got a phone call and I tell you I've been praying for Bob been praying for my mom I wanted to see healing 
I wanted, I wanted to have hey, the good news story and all of a sudden I got it. Bob called me from the hospital. Uh, that we found out later as he had talked to his doctor uh, that all of his vital signs had bottomed out and he went from a stage of being very sick to where everything just kind of hit the bottom. And then as his doctor told him in his follow-up visit about a week later, he said, I'm not a religious man nor do I believe in divine intervention but I can't explain your story. He said, I'm looking at your charts right here and everything dropped off and then all of a sudden you went back to normal and you opened your eyes and you woke up. And I'm telling you, Brother Josh, at that point, I got real excited. Not only did I just get real excited because Brother Bob had been healed and hey, it was about to come out, but I got really excited because I said, all right, God's done it for Bob. Now my mom's next. He's going to bring her out. Hey, we just watched Bob, a, a homeless man from Cincinnati, just got a miracle. Hey, Brother Walter, my mom's going to be the next one to come out. Hey, that's not how the story went. If I'm being completely honest with the church, I remember the first time that I walked back in. Hey, and I knew I was going to be standing in behind the pulpit and I was going to have to preach a message and say that God was good. But Brother Elam, I don't know necessarily as I was walking in the back door if I really believed at that point hey, that God was good. Y'all pray for me. I'm going to clear this up. Don't think I left the faith, but I'm just going to tell you, sometimes you're going to have to get real, real in your prayer life. Hey, we go ahead and we act like we just do roses and rainbows and we go to God like he don't know our heart before we pray to him. Brother Fountain, I tried to play, pray real spiritual and I tried to, hey, I tried, tried to act like I was doing good and I was strong and had to preach my mom's funeral and had to hold up. But, hey, but guess what? There had to be a time where I understood, hey, that I needed that God I was about to tell everybody was so good. I'll challenge you if you're in the worship house, hey, whether you teach a Sunday school class or whether you stand up behind this pulpit or lead the singing, hey, I'm going to challenge you. Make sure you got your heart right, hey, before you get up inside, hey, of that office that God's called you to. And I'm about to tell you the secret to that in a second. I'm not just going, hey, cut that short. Hey, but Brother Josh, what I realized when I got in the backside of that church was that God was good. I realized that as I had thought and wondered hey, that God had not healed my mom, I understood at that point and the Lord reminded me hey, that all them trips to Sunday school and all that Bible reading and all that teaching about Jesus and heaven and salvation, hey, that God had healed my mom. It just wasn't in the way hey, that I thought it would be. Hey, God had healed her prayer. She was no longer hey, on a ventilator, no longer struggling. Hey, and I had had to realize that I had something to praise God for hey, because I knew where she was. And we'll get to that hey, here in a second. But here's when that happened. In verses 15, uh, 16 and 17, Asaph came to that realization. This is the pinnacle and the turning point of this entire song. He says, if I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Remember in verses 13 and 14, he had just said inside of himself that I've cleansed my heart in vain. I've washed my hands in innocence for all day long. Have I been plagued and chastened every morning? But he came to a realization to where he said, if I get up there in that pulpit and I tell the church how I feel, I'm going to hurt somebody. 
If I speak out of the, the depths of my pain, if I allow hey, my flesh, Brother Fountain, to run wild, I'm going to hurt somebody. He says, uh, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. He says here that as I can tell you as I walked in the back of that church house hey the realization that I was going to be preaching hey to a God that I was feeling could have helped me out and didn't it was painful to myself but here's the good news of the gospel in verses 17 he said until I'll tell you tonight if you've been in that spot maybe there's been people that's held grudges against the Lord for years hey, but here's the good news he said until I went into the sanctuary of God then understood I their end hey, I'm telling you tonight that as we come together and we see outside of these four walls of this church hey, that the Lord has standing here and hey, we see that outside of these doors hey, there's a lost and dying world that's not looking hey, to, to see a savior this evening and they're looking to worship themselves they're looking for their own ends but when we come together in God's house and we can find worship together to the God that is good and I can be reminded that God hey, has saved my soul from hell I can be reminded that even though that world out there hey, brother, found that looks like they're living high on the hog looks like they've got everything figured out hey, the bottom line is when they uh, open the open in their eyes right after they die they'll split hell wide open and be in eternity hey, but when we come together in God's house hey, we can take solace and comfort in the fact hey, that we're here to worship the God that is good as he comes in to, to verse 18 he realizes the truth of his situation he said surely thou didst set them in a slippery places thou castest them down into destruction how are they brought into desolation as in a moment they are utterly consumed with terrors I remind you in verse 2 he said but as for me my feet were almost gone and my steps had well nigh slipped he had went from thinking that he was in slippery ground. But when he got in the church house, but when he started to worship the Lord, when he started to give God praise, he realized that his feet had not slipped. And we'll keep reading here. And he says in verse 20, he says, As a dream, when one awaketh, so, O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was pricked in my reins so foolish was I and ignorant I was as a beast before thee he realized the truth of his situation that's why we have to realize the truth of our situation when we're in this problem and we can lose family members brother Josh we can lose friends and not understand what's going on but I'll challenge you and encourage you tonight to please hey don't allow that to affect your worship don't allow that to affect the praise to the God that inhabits those praises don't allow that situation to remove you from God's house. Here's what usually happens in the average person that was raised up in church. Hey, they come along and uh, Brother Elam, they'll, they'll go ahead and everything's great and mom and dad took them to church and then all of a sudden, you know, they get 18 and they get a job and then they kind of see what, you know, I don't know if I'm going to stay in church or not and next thing you know, something happens. Or maybe it's a church person who's been in hey, for, for, for all of their life and then Brother Wilder, something happens happens. 
And what happens is that will remove us from God's house. We allow the the waves to start to get our attention as Peter found out as he stepped out of the boat. But I'll encourage you, please, when you find yourself in that spot, don't shut the church house off. That is why we need to come together when the Bible says, hey, forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but much the more as we see that day approaching. Hey, why is that, Brother Elam? Because we need to be in God's house with God's people. So then as he gets on and he says, I was foolish. I was ignorant. I was a beast. I thought of Job's wife when Job was going through his troubles and his wife said, just cuss God and die. Hey, well, guess what, Brother Josh? He looked at her and said, you speak like a foolish woman. You're speaking foolish. Why? Because God gives and God's taken away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Hey, church, we need to remember we're still doing pretty good tonight. Hey, our worst day hey, down here is still better than most people. Hey, the homeless people in the United States of America still have a higher standard of living than the majority of the globe that we live on. Hey, why? Because God has been good to us. He says here, Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. I tell you what, I've mentioned this to to my church and I know it used to be a a pretty popular poem and I remember that I kind of made jokes around it because it was kind of one of those dated poems that was always on the wall but it was the footprints in the sand. And we understand when we see that that if you've never seen it, there's the two different sets and then there's a single set and then the, the two pick up again and as the poem or the story goes is that God's telling God, see right there is, is when you turn around and you left me alone. And he reminds us, no, that's not, that's the time I was carrying you because hey, you couldn't make it through. Asaph come to the spot where he had to realize the only way I got through there was you had a hold of my hand. I'm asking you tonight, hey, are you allowing your hand to be held by the Lord? Hey, when we get into spots, we want to turn away from Him. We run into our problems and we see the wicked and we think, man, what in the world? Man, they're getting their promotions at work and hey, if I live like the devil and hung out the bar, hey, maybe I'd go ahead and get some of those and we kind of get mad at God and we hold it against Him sometimes. Hey, but I encourage you, allow Him to take you by the hand as He says in verse 24, Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me to glory. What he says is God's wanting to take you by the hand. He's wanting to walk you through this world hey, and help you and give you counsel on how to get through. And then Brother Wilder, he says, I'm going to receive you to heaven and you get to go home and go to glory. Hey, when we think about how the wicked are prospering right now, hey, the best life they're ever going to live is right now. Hey, I'm not going to take a shot at Joel Osteen. I don't want this to be ugly. Hey, but I will warn the Christians tonight if you're living your best life now you're in trouble hey my best life is not right now my best life is yet to come why hey cause we're supposed to lay these treasures up in heaven hey one of these days hey my faith is going to become side one of these days that one hey brother fountain that has led us by the hand through this world hey we're going to get to see face to face hey thank the Lord for salvation tonight says here in verse 25 he says whom have I in heaven but thee 
And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish, and thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord that I may declare all thy works. As we've went through and got to the bottom of the uh, bottom of the psalm, we'll, we'll close with just this simple thought: Is where are you tonight? Have you been through a spot as Asaph has been? Have you been in the dark times to where maybe the phone calls didn't go the way you thought they would? Maybe life wasn't going exactly the way that you thought it was. Did you let it take you away from your worship? Did you let it take you out of the church house? I'll tell you that in my 20s, I took a job hey, at Lebanon Correctional when Brother Wilder hey, gave the prayer request for that young lady. He was not exaggerating anything. I do not doubt for a second hey, that there was a meth addict that was actively high as they were walking out. I've been in them prison systems. I've been behind them walls and I know what lies there. Hey, But I'm wondering, are we going to allow hey, things to take us away from our worship? As he closed there, he says, but it's good for me to draw near to God. I'd encourage you, if you've been in that spot where loneliness or where some sort of loss that maybe even doubt deep down inside, you don't want to acknowledge that you've held it against the Lord, would you draw near to Him? The Bible promises that if we draw near to God, He'll draw near to us. What does that mean? Well, that means if I take one step towards Him, Brother Elam, He's going to take another step towards me. I'd encourage you, how does that start tonight? Take a step towards the Lord. Hey, I acknowledge the situation that we're in. Hey, the Bible says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and then to cleanse us, give us that clean heart that we started out with. And then He says here, He says, I have put my trust in the Lord God. I'm asking you, have you put your trust in the Lord? If you're saved tonight, hey, was it just a one-time thing? Did, did we say, well, you know what? I'll trust in the Lord for my salvation. I'll trust in Him to take me to heaven, but I ain't going to trust in Him past that. I'll trust in Him to get me to heaven. I'll trust that He'll grab me by my hand and take me to glory, but I'm wondering, are we trusting Him with our finances? Are we trusting Him with our decisions? Are we trusting Him with our very family members? I had to come to a spot and I had not lost a spouse and I lost my mom. I was a mama's boy. That kind of kind of was a real real high, close one right there. My grandparents had a granny. They prayed with me and read the Bible with me. You know what? Hey, when, when, when she uh, passed away, Brother Wilder, that, that was kind of a hit for me. She was my prayer partner. You can pray with granny about things you can't pray mom and dad about. Hey, you can open the Bible and get in a good Bible study with granny things you don't talk to mom and dad about. Hey, but guess what? The Lord had to bring me to a spot and he had to ask me, was your relationship to me or did it run through her? Was your relationship in prayer life, was it to me or did it go through that person? Hey, I can stand here and tell you that I know what that's like. I know that gut check. I knew that my salvation was not because my granny put it in my heart. But you know what? I had to let her passing affect my relationship with the Lord. My praise to the Lord was not what it should be because I'd gotten off the track. So I'm asking you, number one, if you're saved, hey, do you still trust Him? 
Do you trust His plan? Because sometimes when we don't trust the Lord in the capacity that we're supposed to, when the trial comes, all of a sudden, Brother Wilder, I think it's me. I've got to fix this situation. Man, I've got bills that need to be paid right now. I've got to do something. Man, I've got a need in my life. I've got to fix this. I want to challenge you. Hey, give it to the Lord. Put your trust in the Lord. Don't let that affect your praise. Praise God in the good times and praise Him in the bad times. We used to sing the song, the God of the mountain is still the God of the valley. Hey, we either believe that or we don't, church. And I'd encourage us to get back to it. But also, if you're lost this evening, if there's someone here who doesn't know the Lord as your Savior, I'm asking you, have you put your trust in Him? Do you understand the God that we're talking about? Don't let it just be a church just going through the motions and just show up to have church to have church. Don't just let it be you know, uh, two, uh, two, uh, two hymns and a special and then the preacher is going to preach and then there's going to be an invitation and then we can hit the, the blacktop and play basketball to mom and dad get done talking. How do I know about that? I was raised in church. Amen. I know exactly what that's about. Hey, but you've got to let it become more than, hey, than just a lifestyle. It has to be your life. It can't just be something that your parents trusted in. Young people, it's got to be something that you trust in. All of a sudden, we've got generations passing off into glory. Young people, somebody's got to stand up and has got to take these spots. Teachers graduating the glory. Preachers and pastors graduating the glory. Hey, young generation, hey, I'm glad that I've got stories for what God did to my family. Hey, but you know what I've got to praise about? Hey, what God did for me. Hey, I love when God answers somebody else's prayers. But I'll be honest with you, I love it a whole lot. Hey, when God answers mind and proves himself hey that he's good and that he's real then he goes down and as he closes he says but it's good for me to draw near to God I've put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works it's real easy to look around about what God's doing and seeing what he's doing for everybody else but we forget what God's doing for us when we forget the fact that he just said that he can take the Lord and hold him with his right hand. That he can take, he can have, but both found that's a picture of fellowship. He said, I can hold hands with him. And then he's going to guide me and give me counsel. And once my journey's over, he's going to take me to glory. Hey, we've got something to thank the Lord for, church. Hey, I'd just like to encourage that person tonight who may be discouraged in their walk maybe discouraged because things haven't gone exactly the way things have went. Hey, the good news is, he said, I thought about that until I got to the church house. I thought about that until I came into God's house and I got my heart right and then my worship could be restored. I'd like to tell you, your fellowship with God means everything. Hey, if you're saved, hey, you're, you know you're going to heaven tonight, your fellowship with God means everything. And if you're lost and you don't have a fellowship, the good news of the gospel is hey, that it's repentance towards God and faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Hey, you can confess your sins, accept the Lord as your Savior. There'll be people on this altar here in a minute that can lead you hey, to this fellowship. 
I'd like to tell you, church, we've got an honor to be able to gather together tonight. Thursday night, I'll tell you, I'd rather be here than anywhere else in the country. You know what? They, uh, I believe football season has started tonight. Brother Elam, you couldn't have gave me hey, a skybox seat to go watch that game over top of gathering together and being able to open the Word and share the gospel with God's people. Hey, church, we need to make sure we don't let the waves affect our worship with the Lord. I could go ahead and circle around, but Brother Tyler, if you'd come, hey, that, that's what the Lord has placed on my heart. If I'd encourage you, if you don't know the Lord as your Savior, would you get saved before it's too late? And if you are saved, hey, don't let your problems affect your fellowship with the Lord. Thank you, Brother Tyler.